Resist the urge to go back to the rat race, even when it's hard and you hear your friends talking about their big jobs. Someday they will be done with those jobs and you will still be running your own company if you want to be. And uh, living a lifestyle that truly works for you and your family. Later, you will reflect on how smart you were. So think about that. I know when I first started, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I need money. I think I want to get a job. And I remember somebody saying to me, you know what? No. Stay in there and fight, and you will be so glad you did. And that person was right. They were absolutely right. I, I've lost touch with them, but I want to go back and thank them. Welcome to the Kenza Pod. Kenza Collective is a platform designed to inspire and support parents who work as independent contractors. We are a community of like-minded parents united in our vision that career and parenthood can exist in harmony. So whether you're thinking of taking the leap into freelancing, you're a seasoned freelancer looking to learn more about how to run your business, or you're anything in between, we welcome you. Together, let's reinvent what it means to be a working parent. My name is Tiffany Jones. I am the founder of Kenza Collective, and I am so excited that you're here with us today. Today, we're going to be going through some practical tips for you to consider as you start off on your freelancing journey. These are sort of action items, pieces of advice, whatever you want to call them, that we kind of wish someone had told us when we were going out on our own. So we figured it would be helpful for you. And I also think a lot of these are going to help maybe calm some of your fears that you're having or just make you feel more confident as you take this leap. You know, oftentimes there there comes a moment in uh, a freelancer's life or a soon-to-be freelancer's life where you're sort of pushed out of the nest, if you will, of a steady job and forced to fly. And uh, sometimes this decision is one you get to make and that you have been planning for, and other times it's maybe forced upon you. For me personally, I came to a tipping point where I felt like I had to do this, uh, this being freelancing. Um, in order to really create the future that I wanted for our family. And to be honest, I had always sort of resisted this path. Um, but somewhere in the back of my mind, I kind of always had a feeling that maybe someday I would find myself here. And I am so glad that I did this. For others, especially right now, going through this global pandemic with so much uncertainty, this might be a decision that you're having to make out of necessity even if it's not really a path you ever considered or saw yourself on. You might be finding yourself in a situation where you've been laid off, or maybe you're working a full-time job while providing full-time childcare and it's simply become untenable for you. So now it might be time for you to take control over how you're spending your time and your energy. And one of the answers to that could be to uh, go off on your own as a freelancer. But no matter where you are or how you got to this place, um, we think that these tips are really going to help you just start to think through what this looks like and how this could potentially evolve for you. Um, and so we hope it's helpful. Beth, is there anything you want to add before we dive right in? I think this is a great intro tip. Um, I also uh, just want to say, uh, if you're thinking about going off on your own, it, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of information out there, um, but also there's a lot of stuff that isn't out there. So hopefully, again, as Tiff said, hopefully this will be helpful to you. This is, this is kind of the list of what I wish someone had told me 20 years ago um, would have saved a lot of aggravation. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So let's just dive right in. So 
The first one is um, obviously you're going to need to figure out what service or suite or set of services you're going to offer. And then be prepared for that to evolve. So for me personally, I actually had a hard time seeing myself as a freelancer. And maybe that's part of why I resisted it for so long, because my set of skills wasn't in that neat box of a specific service, like a designer or a developer or writer or bookkeeper. I'm much more of a generalist, but it turns out that that actually didn't matter. And it actually started to work to my advantage. So what I did when I was trying to figure this out is I just looked at my full skill set and everything that I had built up over the years, all my experience, and started to figure out what I actually liked doing, what I'm good at, and also at the same time, what I could quickly start to sell to companies. And I went with that. So for me, I determined that um, freelance project management is something that I could definitely jump right into. There was a whole world of this out there, freelance project management, digital project management. And I knew that I could find my place there. So maybe you can look back at your work history and pinpoint a job you really enjoyed and figure out why you liked it, what skills you learned, and then maybe start to build an offering from that and be creative and also know that it will change over time and that you don't have to fit into a specific box or a title to make this happen. So if you're more of a generalist like me, this can actually be quite lucrative for you. And I would just encourage you to embrace that. Um, be ready for this to evolve. As I've said, you may have a skill or a skill set you know you can do and have experience in that you can start to sell right away. And you know in the back of your mind that's not really something you want to be doing for forever. And that's okay. So you can use that as a starting point to just get your foot in the door with clients. I remember when I was starting to think of this, someone said to me, find a skill where you can get a foot in the door with a company. And then from there, you can get to know them, make sure it's a company you want to be working for. And now you can start to show, showcase your other skills and find opportunities within that company and find other things you can work on that may be totally different than what you started off doing. Remember, you're in control now. So you get to write and rewrite your job description over and over again as much as you want and just really lean into that and feel that freedom. And then the last thing I'll say on this point before I toss it over to Beth is um, one of the things that surprised me when I first started doing this is that for some reason, I had this assumption that I'd be having to constantly find clients going from project to project, client to client, and that was going to be stressful. And that's honestly one of the reasons that I avoided freelancing. I didn't want that stress. But in reality, what I discovered is that almost no matter what you offer, if you can come into a company and be a team player, a great communicator, show enthusiasm for their brand and their mission, and provide a really high level of professionalism, be reliable come through on what you say you're going to do and be willing to go above and beyond within reason. Of course, you are going to have a very happy long-term client. Like I said before, sometimes all you need to do is get your foot in the door, show how amazing you are. And you're going to be surprised at how long of a client you may have. Uh, you may actually not be able to get rid of them. Uh, and if you're ever, if you've ever been a, a manager or part of the hiring and firing process, you know that finding good people is really hard to do. And especially right now when people have so much on their plates, if they can bring in a freelancer who doesn't need much oversight or guidance and can ultimately make their lives and their job easier and look, make them look good, you are going to be very, very, very valuable to them. 
So remember your soft skills and your ability to get a job done at a really high level can go a long way. So don't underestimate that. Beth, is there anything else you want to share on that point? Yeah, I was going to say that's a great point, Tiffany. Basically, if you're a really able and, and dependable freelancer, you can basically transcend the workplace structure. So, you know, there, there are people that get hired to do specific jobs. And if you're brought in and you can handle three different things, plus be flexible, plus be cheerful, plus, you know, do your job and go home and, and all this stuff, you can sort of work outside of the, the employee structure. I've been doing this for years. And like, there's no resentment if you're super cheerful, super helpful, and you work really well within the organization. I have an, uh, an example right now. I have a client that I'm literally going on two years with, and I was originally hired to do an eight-week assignment. And, you know, I just, I went in, I was able to make myself valuable. Um, they were, there was a gap where they were, um, there was a vacancy and I happened to know the people that ran the place and they said, you know, come in until we find this person. We'll find them soon, but we just, we just need you to cover for eight weeks. Well, I went in there and I said, listen, by the way, I'll stay as long as you need me. Well, they finally did find the person and another person. And then they were like, well, why don't you just stay? Because you're helping with special projects. And because you've now been here for two years, you know more than the people that we've hired since. So stay and help them learn and teach them. And you know more about QuickBooks than either of them. So be, their, be the QuickBooks resource and be the, the person who knows the history. And it's, it's cool, you know? And it's like, great, you know? And, and that's how it can work. Um, I also, moving along in, in, in um, freelancer tips, uh, the next thing I want to delve into is that it's really important when you start as a freelancer to find like-minded people who are going through the same things as you are. Um, so for example, co-working spaces, online communities, friends you know who are self-employed. Um, these are great resources. Meetups, you know, when we're able to have meetups again. These can, there, there are also virtual uh, spaces for these, for these different types of groups. So find those people and talk to those people and ask for advice and say, you know, here's, here's where I am in my journey. What are, where are you and, and what can you tell me? It's, it's a big learning time and it's okay to ask questions and it's okay not to know everything. In fact, it's better not to know everything. Let everybody else who's been through this help you. Um, get moral support. You know, who, who are your moral supporters? You may have a cranky person in your family or in your neighborhood or in your friend group who who just keeps saying oh don't do that you know i tried to do that it didn't work tune that person out this is that's not the subject to talk to this person about um and have a network have people you know have people around you who get what you're doing and support what you're doing they may not be your very best friends they may be like two two levels out or two degrees of separation but they may get it and those are the people you want to cultivate in your, in your life's network. Um, other self-employed people that you know, I know when I was starting my business, my really good friend was starting her business and we would just call each other up and be like, I need a pep talk. Like talk me off the ledge because for the first five years we found it was a little scary. You didn't know necessarily what was going to happen next and 
you know, we were new to it. So we were like, okay, I'm having a scared week. Can you talk to me about this? And we'd get through it. And every time we got through it, we would say, we would add that to our experience. And then the next time we had, one of us was feeling a little scared, we'd say, remember, we've been through this before and we've always made it through. And after some period of time, you stop worrying about that because you're like, I am just, I've always been able to figure it out. I'll always be able to figure it out. Um, also, surround yourself with, um, with smart people, not jealous people. So, you know, don't, anybody who says, you know, when you say, I'm starting a business, and they, they say, oh, that must be nice. That's not who you want to hang out with. You want to hang out with people who are saying, oh, good for you. You know, even if it's not what they want to be doing, they're still supporting you. So surround yourself with those people and remember that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So choose wisely. I love that. But I mean, I don't even think I have anything to add to that. Um, <laughs> it's just perfect. Yeah. Having a community. I have a call on Fridays um, with a couple of girlfriends of mine who both are doing similar things. And we each, it's an hour. We're parents. We're busy. Uh, sparing an hour right now in a week is, sounds ridiculous, but it's really hard and we have to work really hard to make it happen. Um, but we each go around the horn and we spend about 20 minutes and each person has the floor for 20 minutes and we bring whatever we need to. I'm having a hard time with this client. Um, I have a proposal I need to write and I'm not really sure how to do it or whatever the problem is. And then we try and help that person give them advice. So that might even be something that you can set up too. It's just a regular time to be like, okay, I need to ask the girls on Friday about this. You know, it's really helpful. It's good to have sounding boards. Exactly. And feedback. Um, so the next point is, this one is really fun for me. It's, I, I called it never stop learning and follow your curiosity. So I actually have an interesting experience where, you know, I started going out into this world of freelance project management and there are so many branches of that. You know, I've, I've delved into, um, operations management. Um, I've helped start companies. I've helped actually close down companies, which is weird. Um, there's, di there's different things that I've done and there are jobs and roles and ways that freelancers help that you have probably no idea about. So it's really important for you to just stay in the mix, go on whatever, if you're, if you use social media, like Instagram or something, go follow people who are in this world, see what they're saying, subscribe to different newsletters, use the freelancers union, which is a really awesome resource. There's tons of resources out there. Just see what's going on. Listen to different podcasts, listen to different people who are in this world. And I had a moment where I came across this, um, title called online business manager. And basically I haven't done a ton of research into it, to be honest, but my, the gist of it is that you are kind of like a remote COO for hire type of thing where you kind of, you're like that buffer on a remote team where you're helping uh, move projects along. You're working with the CEO. You're maybe handling some internal politics kind of stuff. And yeah, buffer is kind of the best way that I can explain it. And that is exactly what I was doing for one of my clients. I just didn't know there was a whole, there's a whole certification for it. It's a whole thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. This is exactly what I could be doing. And there's many of those out there. So just continue to follow your curiosity. Um, 
we actually have a sign up in our house of this cute little sign that says, follow your curiosity, because it's something we really want to foster in our child and that we really foster in ourselves. Um, you know, and as the world really is evolving right now and the freelancing and remote working lifestyle becomes both more popular and accepted, now's the time to really explore and allow yourself to explore what you're curious about and what you really like doing. There are so many people and companies out in the world that need your unique perspective, your unique background and skills and your get her done attitude. So have fun and stay open to new possibilities. Um, I also, just as an aside, in my mind, this applies to not just educating yourself about what's out there and what kind of jobs you could be doing, but, you know, for me shifting into this, this world of freelancing and the freedom that comes from that, I've had to work a lot on my mindset. I've had to really dig into what is my relationship with money? Like, um, how am I handling my expectations not being met, my need for things to be in this nice, neat, perfect box. Um, one thing that, that uh, <laughs> I'm going to be really transparent right now. So before this, I was working in an agency. And when you work for a, a design and development agency where you're working on really high ticket items and people pay a lot of money for your expertise, the opinions that you share as an individual with your clients have, have a big weight behind them, right? Because you work for this agency and there's like this inherent trust that kind of comes with that, that we're the experts. And when I went off on my own, I didn't think about it, but I lost that. Like that, I didn't get to have that, you know, now they're just hiring Tiffany. Yeah, I have this great background. I have this experience, but um, I had to figure out how to reposition myself as an expert and I know that I, I mentioned this in a lot of our podcasts, but this is a big part of the course that I'm putting together is really establishing yourself as an expert and what that looks like and how that is really the key for you being able to charge more and being able to have your opinion um, really matter for your clients and for them to really respect and, and hear it. So anyway, you may just need to do some education around your mindset and, and really just acknowledge that you are shifting into a new lifestyle and some of your old beliefs, some of the things you were raised to think, some of the things our schooling taught us, some of the things your parents tell you, some of the things that cranky old person down the street has saying, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing that. You're going to have to really wade through that and set it aside and say, you know what? I don't need to listen to all that. I can reinvent myself and I'm going to do it for myself and for my family. So that may be another piece. There's two parts of the education, you know, professional education and being open to that. And then also some personal work and some personal education that, again, these are just things no one told me about. And um, I wish that someone had. So hopefully as, as Kenza continues to ramp up and we continue to bring you um, podcasts and interviews and we bring some guests on and, and we do all the things that we have planned we're going to be able to really create this holistic ecosystem of support where you can learn the business side, you can learn the process side, but you can also find a community and you can also dive into your own personal mindset stuff. Like that's really like the ultimate goal to be able to provide all of that holistic training. So, all right, I'm going to stop now. Your turn, Beth. Oh, I, I'm just <laughs> nodding. I'm watching and I'm nodding and I'm making notes. Um, so what, what you were just talking about, Tiffany, is what I call the brand called you. So you know, what is your brand? You know, who are you? Are you, you know, you're honest, you have integrity, you work hard, you get more, you know, a lot done in a short period of time. 
that's your brand. That becomes your reputation, right? And when you do this for a lot of years, so as we all know, I've been at this for a lot of years, you get this like word of mouth reputation of like, oh, let's get her in here or him in here. And that they're known for doing this, doing this, doing this. And people start calling upon you to come in and do that thing. Um, it's also really important to, in, in the business world, when we're part of a, a hierarchy and an organization, you have a title, right? I am director of operations. I am CFO. You know, and, and the title implies what you do. When you're on your own, when you're establishing yourself as a, a person within the world, within the work world, it's less about title and it's more about role and it's more about your skills and how you fit inside an organization. So make yourself somebody who can fit inside lots of different types of organizations. So for example, people say to me, what do you do? And I say, you know, I'm the accounting department for small companies. And they get it because like every, every company needs an accounting department, right? Um, so, you know, think, think about how like you're, you have a translatable skill. Tiffany, in your case, you're a project manager, right? That's great. You know, I go to companies and I help get stuff done. You know, people love that, you know? So, so figure out how to, what, what's your narrative and how do you explain this? When we go back to having cocktail parties again, which might not be for a while, um, how do you explain this to somebody in a conversation, you know, in, in like two sentences or less? You know, you can always elaborate when somebody says, well, no, how does that work? You can, you can get into it. But, but if you can sort of explain it briefly, then later on down the road, that person might hear about somebody that needs something like that and call you and say, hey, you told me you were doing X, Y, and Z. Would you be able to do this for this person? Because I want to put you in touch. That's how so much of my work has come in. Just getting word out very simply about what it is you do. Um, and speaking of what I do, uh, I am the money person in a lot of organizations. So I want to talk, cover a little bit here about um, understanding the basics of the financial aspect of working for yourself. Um, understand the flow of money. So money's going to come in, money's going to go out. And try to understand, um, we have a, I have a cash flow model that I'm going to be releasing um, later through our platform. But basically, look at your cash and figure out how much cash do you need to meet all the financial goals that you have for your company. Um, you may need to do other work sometimes to fill in the gaps. I mean, be, be flexible, have a bread and butter skill that you know you'll always be able to provide, even if the big, super juicy projects that you want to do aren't coming in at the moment. Have something that's a basic that will at least pay some bills while like you wait for the big, big, great projects. Um, also, remember to set money aside for your taxes. So as Tiffany was saying the other day, 33%. Take that, stick it in a separate account, and be prepared. You might not spend all of it, but make sure that you are covered. Don't get into trouble with taxes. So, um, you know, be smart about this. Live within your means. You know, live, make, make money, and then put it aside. You can always spend it later if you don't need it all. 
to, to go to taxes, but, but, but be careful and be smart. Um, also, be gracious with yourself. You will figure this out. We are here to help. We're here to answer your questions and we're here to educate you as much as possible. But also, um, there, there are many other resources out there. Be patient, be gracious with yourself, ask questions, say thank you, say please. You know, other people are willing to help and, and happy to help. In fact, other people are flattered when you call them and say, listen, I need to know more about this and I know you're an expert. Can you explain this to me? People love doing that. We love doing that. Um, so do your homework. Don't be afraid and feel empowered because you are empowered. You're working for yourself. That's the most empowerment you can have in life as far as I'm concerned. I love that. I, um, I have a question for you. Someone, someone gave me this advice when I was just getting started and, and it, it's always stuck with me. And she said, she said that it's important to, one of the things she did, and actually I want to have her on this podcast. Uh, and one of the things that she did is she, she established what her take home was going to be. So let's say she said, all right, my take home every month is going to be $4,000. Let's just throw that out there. What she did was that she stuck to that. So if she ended up having a really great month, she still only paid herself $4,000 and she took the rest of it and she stuck it into a savings account. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a couple really important reasons why that I particularly have found that helpful. Number one, that helped me build up a business savings account. Mm -hmm. And I could then use that business savings account for lots of different things. Maybe I needed to pay a subcontractor before my client had paid me. And mm -hmm. so that way I could just use my business savings account. I knew the money was going to flow out and come back in as soon as I had gotten my payment, but I wanted to take care of my subcontractors or I wanted to take a vacation and I wanted to tune out for a week or two weeks. And I knew that I could, you know, supplement our income for those couple of weeks with my business savings. It just feels so good. Even if your business savings is $200, it feels so good to just have something building up and to just be in control of that so that you know, you have something to fall back on. And every once in a while I'll get emptied out and you'll start to refill it again. And it also, the other part that it really can help with and save your butt with is if you have a lull, you know, you have a weird lull and it's maybe a project has wrapped up and you're going to start a new one, but not for a couple of weeks. And you're not actually going to get a paycheck from them for a couple of weeks after that, or whatever it is, there's some kind of lull in your cash flow. You don't have to stress because now, you know, you can tap into that. Maybe you tighten the budget a little bit that month, you pull some money from your business savings, and then you pay yourself right back as soon as that cash flow picks up again. What do you think yeah. about that piece of advice? Yeah, yeah that's like a self-funded line of credit. And it's a lot cheaper and a lot more to your benefit because when you borrow the money, you're paying yourself back. So that's even better than getting a line of credit from a bank that's going to ask you to pay them interest and be sort of rigid about your repayment. Um, if you can self-fund, what I have uh, a second business that I started after I had my first business going for about five years. And um, I was able to fund that business off of my first business. I was able to loan money to that business as it was ramping up because I had been kind of smart about what I was doing with my money. So um, it gives you opportunities to do th other things, you know, and, and, the smarter you are with your money, the more freedom you buy. You ultimately buy yourself, if, if, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's freedom and like peace of mind. 
Yeah. I, I have found like when I see my business savings account sitting there with maybe a couple thousand dollars in it, I have such a peace of mind. That's like, I have that to fall back on. If something, I need something, something breaks my computer, whatever it is, like, I'm not going to be in a huge jam. And I think cash flow and cash reserves, we're going to, we need to do a whole finance Friday on that because I think uh, from even just from experience and from talking to friends, you know, the ups and downs of cash flow is really can be really stressful and you, it doesn't have to be. Um, and like Beth mentioned, we're going to be putting out a cash flow. She has a cash flow projection tool. I have a capacity planning tool, which is marrying time and money together. And we're so excited to, to bring that out to you really soon. And that's actually a really good segue into my next point, which is, um, and this is again, something I learned from my own mistake is before you dive in or as you're starting to dive in or wherever you are, be realistic with what you can do in the time that you have. So take the time to actually sit down and look at your calendar, talk with your partner, figure out when you can actually get uninterrupted work done. So you look at your week or, you know, maybe you're planning to work Monday, you know, seven days a week. And you know that you can shuffle things around with your partner, or if, you, if you're lucky enough to have childcare right now, or wh- whatever it is that you're doing, how can you sh- create some uninterrupted time? And I'll tell you one thing, naps don't count. And I mean, <laughs> your children napping, obviously, if you're <laughs> napping, that doesn't count either. <laughs> right, right. I mean, sometimes you might need it. <laughs> What I mean is when your kid is napping, you cannot really count on that time, Uh, especially, you know, some of you have kids who are not napping anymore. So just disregard this. Uh, But if you have children that still nap, um, I, again, I used to schedule meetings during nap time thinking like, oh, it's a great time to get work done. She's sleeping. And sure enough, that would be the day where she was having a really hard time sleeping or she woke up early or whatever it is. Just a little pro tip for parents, try not to count naps as your actual work time. So figure out what you, when you can actually get uninterrupted, uninterrupted work done. And you know what? That might actually be five hours a week. You may only be able to sneak in an hour a day, Monday through Friday. And that's just where you are. It's okay. You can still make this work and you can work on figuring out how to get a little bit more time here and there. You're going to get more efficient. You're going to get more clear on how to actually arrange your time in your days to make this work. And the reason I put this out there is because you don't want to end up like me, where in the beginning, I way overbooked myself because I did not sit down to take the time to figure this out first. Um, And honestly, I'm embarrassed to admit that because I used to run a very, very busy studio of lots of employees and clients and outside development shops. And I used to like run that thing to a T. Uh, but when I got to doing this at home and, and, you know, I couldn't exactly manage my husband. Like I managed one of our developers. I actually tried. I like, (laughs) I like time blocked our calendar. I was like, okay, I'll have Mackenzie for this time. Then you're going to have her for this time. And then I'm going to put her down for a nap. And then I'm going to, and he like, he sat me down and was like, I, we can't, I, I, I can't have you managing me. Like I'm an employee of yours or something like I can't have you time blocking. He's like, we're a family. We need to figure this out as a family together. I'm like, oh. I'm like, but my plan is so perfect. Look at the calendar. It's perfectly blocked. Look how oh. wonderful this is. You work here. <laughs> I work there. It's 
it's beautiful and, and it, it didn't work. So. Oh, and, and just for those of you out there, Tiffany has a really lovely husband and um, he, he's such a good sport. And, you know, I, I, if he got to that point, it must have been pretty bad. <laughs> I literally can picture the calendar blocked out in the way that I had it. <laughs> Poor guy. So we fixed it, you know. Um, And, (laughs) and, you know, the other thing that I kind of wish someone had told me in that moment, because it was a couple months of really hard times because I was already committed to projects and I couldn't just pull out of them. So we had to wait for the transition to happen and for us to come through it. And we had to really figure it out. And what I want to tell you, if you are in that moment right now where things are really scattered and maybe you're just getting started trying to figure this out, maybe you're bickering with your partner or whoever's at home with you about all of this, this is a transition. Your family is shifting to a whole new lifestyle. Your schedule looks different where you're working looks different, how you're working, how you're managing all this and figuring it out. So your expectations of what this is looking like has to sort of evolve with that. Um, Remember, you're really, you're breaking the mold of what a lot of us were taught to think our lives would look like. So you may go through a period of time where this feels really messy and uncomfortable. And if you're anything like me, you don't like that. You don't like that time. You want it to just get into a good place quickly. but keep at it. Um, start to identify where you need to learn and grow. Maybe you see, I am spending way too much time in my email inbox. How can I get more efficient with that? Go find resources out there. Go watch a YouTube video. Go find someone out there that is putting content out that can help you with this. Figure out how you can become super efficient and streamlined. Identify the areas where you're spending too much time or really just feeling stressed. So just remember, This is a transition. This is a change. It takes time to settle in, but you can do it. You will get through this and it will settle down. And then you'll be like, oh, this is great. And it'll, (laughs) it'll all come together. And remember to breathe. Yeah. And again, I echo what he says, be gentle with yourself and be patient with yourself. And also be patient with those around you because you are, you know, you've decided you're going to, radically change your workplace and your lifestyle and all of that. And, you know, you need everybody around you to be on your team with you, not to be alienated. So, you know, you need buy-in just like in the workplace, you need buy-in from, from everyone around you to help you make this work. And if it does work and it works brilliantly, it benefits everyone around you. So, you know, but you have to set the, the expectations from the beginning that this is a team effort for everyone. And, you know, have everyone help you with this and, and be gentle to, to those around you because your, your mind is moving really fast as you're trying to build this business and they're not reading your mind necessarily. So make sure you're, you're, ed, you're educating and, and informing. Um, I would like to talk about some, something that's probably along the same lines, which is to set your goals and your intentions for your business. So um, what is your three to five year plan? As you're starting your business, you know, you're, you are doing some, you're, you're going outside of uh, traditional uh, rules and expectations, but, but you do have to have a little bit of structure built into this, even if you are doing something new. So what is your three to five year plan for your business? Now, caveat, 
everybody's three to five year plan changes. I, I'm on a couple of boards and we have like our strategic plan for three to five years. Yeah, and then a pandemic lands right in the middle of it. So, you know, all bets are off. So be flexible, don't be rigid and don't, you know, be like, I must meet my three to five year plan. A plan is a plan. And a plan is, is for you to start thinking about um, where you wanna be going. You can always change it, you can always update it, but it's good to have at least that much structure as you get started. Um, and, and also, um, going back to this point I made before, if you're not meeting immediately the financial goals that you set, see what other ways you can bring money into your household. Maybe you have some other small businesses that you're friends with or that you're associated with in your network. Um, when I was starting my business, my really good friend was starting her business. I was doing accounting. She was a chef and she was doing catering. And every now and then she'd say, well, come work on this catering job with me. And, um, you know, I would make a little extra money, learn some new things, see some different things, learn how to cook professionally. You know, it was a really cool time. And, um, and I was helping my friend with her business. So that's an important thing, too. Think of other, other things, creative ways that you might supplement your income as you're getting started. Um, and also, again, you make the structure, but be prepared to evolve. So things are going to happen, and you need to be flexible, and you need to respond to them in a way that doesn't completely ruin everything for you. In other words, you know, roll with it understand that that things are are not going to go exactly as scheduled as as scheduled and planned as tiffany was just talking about before be flexible um be gracious be be patient and take it one day at a time um also think about what is your exit strategy and i know that's a very weird thing to talk to think about when you're starting a business but think about you know what uh where do i want to be 10 years from now do I want to do this for the rest of my life? I mean, in my business, I kind of feel like I, I have, am in such a sweet spot that I'll do this until I can't do it anymore because I'm just having a, a really good time. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And basically, I'm at this place where I get to take all the wisdom I've built up over the last 25 years and use that to help other people. So that's cool and that's fun. Um, and it also isn't physically demanding. Keep in mind that as you get older, um, you're not going to want to be, uh, you know, picking up heavy things and, you know, doing a lot of physical work. You might want to get it. You might want to transition your work into some other kind of easier work. Um, it might just get exhausting. Uh, but also think about, you know, what's your exit strategy? So I'm going to build up this business and then what's going to happen? And I'm, am I going to hand it off to a younger person? Am I going to just at some point retire and go out of business? And then what happens to my clients? when that happens? Do I need to reassign my clients to someone else? Um, I know I've been in a, a position before where someone was doing work somewhat similar to me and they said, oh, I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to take this job. So can you pick up my, my, these six clients of mine that, that you know, I'm not going to be doing this for anymore? And, you know, so also there, there are things like that. Think about what you would do with your clients if you decided you wanted to, to dramatically change your offerings. Um, and again, your product and your service will definitely evolve over time. I know what I 
started off doing and what I'm doing now are completely different. But if you look back at the trajectory, it's, it's been a natural progression. Yeah, I love that. That's, that advice is all really sound. And again, just kind of wish I had heard all of this before I started. <laughs> so I'm hoping that this is really helpful for you guys. Um, one thing I just wanted to add too on the, the point you made about um, finding other ways that you might be able to bring money into your household. Um, you know, what, when we talk about back to the very first point about, you know, just getting your foot in the door at a company, if you're liking working for them, and things are going really well, there might be opportunities for you to come to them with a particular project or something that's ongoing. So for example, uh, there was a company I worked with recently and they um, needed to be posting recipes to their blog often, more often. Um, but they're a small company, they're really busy, but it was a really important part of their, their website and their business, but they just didn't have the time. So I connected them with a friend of mine who um, was pregnant at the time and hey, Kate, I know you're probably listening to this little shout out to Kate. Um, and she's able, she was able to just jump in and start to do some work for them. And I know that, you know, after she's um, coming back to work from having her baby, there's, there's going to be some ongoing need there for her to get paid a certain amount of month to just post some blogs or write some recipes or do something that is ongoing for a business that's easy for you to do that you're going to get better and faster at. And you can kind of have this little side income coming in for something that's not that big of a deal to do. And when a company has someone like that, they are so stoked. They know they can trust this person to do the thing that needs to happen that's really important, but that no one has time to do. And they don't even have to manage them. They just know it's going to happen. So look for opportunities like that. Look for that and pitch it to your clients. All they can say is, yeah, we're not really into it. Or they can say, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. We would love to do that. And then, you know, you just get a check rolling in every month. It's great. Yeah. And, and maybe you do something like that for more than one company. And for them, it's like a small amount of money every month. They don't even miss it. And for you, if you're doing the same thing for, let's say, five companies, you're getting this great little income that's not taking a whole lot out of you because you figured out how to make it easy and you're doing a, a, a really good job. I mean, you know, this isn't like, you know, you're, you're still working hard and doing a good job, but the more you do the same thing over and over, the more confidence you, um, you develop and the easier it gets for you. Um, I was, I was, um, I used to know somebody who was doing restaurant reviews and, you know, it was like, they just would go to a restaurant once a week and like do a restaurant, get a meal and do a restaurant review. And they got better and better and better at it. And it was like this, like, small source of income, but it was reliable and it was just ongoing. So, you know, it's, it, there are different ways that you can be useful in big and small ways for different companies. I love that. Um, and so the last point, uh, that I'm going to make, and then I think there's some final advice that Beth is going to cap us off with, but the last one is that, you know, once you've sort of gotten through all this and you're starting to really move into it, it's important to take a look at your online presence and get a website set up. So first let's talk about your online presence. So, you know, people are going to Google you and you want to make sure that what they find as much as it's in your control is something that you're okay with. So for example, if your social media accounts are open, you know, you don't, 
unless you're promoting your business through there and you're using it as a business account, you don't necessarily need your clients knowing what you're doing all the time. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, one of the great perks of freelancing and working remote is that you can kind of be wherever as long as there's internet. I don't, it's not that I hide that from my clients, but I don't necessarily need them to know that I'm sitting in a lounge chair, sipping a margarita, looking at a beautiful lake while I'm doing their work for them. But if they follow me on Instagram, they're going to know that. <laughs> so that's obviously a personal choice. Um, and I'm not condoning drinking on the job for the record. Unless, unless it's one of those clients that you just kind of need a drink before you dive into the work. Or, or I, I worked for, I had a client that was a winery and literally mm. people would bring you a glass of wine at your desk in the afternoon. And I like, I wasn't even drinking at the time. I because I was like, well, you know, I'm going to keep having glasses of wine on my desk. You don't want to be rude, Beth. <laughs> well, they'd, they'd be like, oh, this just came out. Taste this. You know, and I'd be, I have no idea. You know? You're like, you know, I am doing your books right now. <laughs> like I could add an extra zero somewhere on accident and really screw you right now. <laughs> it's, it was just an interesting culture because I remember we had a very important meeting and with like bankers and it's like, here, let's all have a glass of wine. And I'm like, what? Alone. <laughs> So yeah, so just, you know, take a moment to go check out what's out there. Um, it might be helpful too to reach out to some people you've worked with before, some coworkers or managers, and just ask them if they'd write you a little testimonial on your LinkedIn and, and you can do the same for them. I remember I was working at a company and it was going to be shutting down. And so a lot of people were getting laid off and looking for new jobs. And the staff really pulled together and we all went and wrote reviews for everybody so that they had the best chance that they could. And I still use those to this day on my own website and on my LinkedIn. And it's so helpful. Um, I know it can feel weird to do that. You feel, I don't know, selfish or, uh, oh, look at me. But you know what? Get over it because testimonials and social proof on your website and on your LinkedIn go a long way. They really, really do. Go look at any e-commerce site, go look at any website that's trying to sell you something. You're going to find testimonials and those are there for a reason. So consider doing that. And then once you're kind of getting an idea of what you might want to offer, even if it's not perfect and it's not exactly maybe what you want to be doing um, yet, or, you know, whatever it is, get a website set up, get a nice clean website set up. Squarespace is like, $12 a month, I think, to maintain. It's not much. Um, you could use WordPress, you could use whatever it is that you, um, you know, feel more comfortable in. But get something set up. And then that way, when someone crosses your path, or uh, you talk to someone, you meet someone randomly, or whatever it is, you have somewhere to send them. And you, you look like a pro, because you are one, and you're ready and open for business. And that's how this starts. So get a simple website set up, put a picture of yourself up there, get some of those quotes and testimonials on there, talk about what you do, what you offer, sell yourself. Um, don't be afraid to do that. People want to know who you are, what your experience is, and how you can bring value to them. And one little thing that I've seen some people do, this is my own personal opinion, you may disagree and that's totally fine, but personally, I would not put your rates online. I, I think that that's a mistake to do, to put your rates on your web website. Maybe for some um, services that makes a lot of sense and, you know, make your own decision, but really think about this because your rates will change. Uh, people like we've talked about have weird relationships with money and they're going to read into your rates in ways that um, 
that you don't want them to. And you need to be able, it's not about the amount of money you're selling. It's about the value you're going to bring to this client. And that is going to change from client to client to client. And your ability to price a project based on the value you're bringing them in that project, based on who this client is, based on what their financial situation is. There's so much that goes into pricing out a project. And when you put your rates online or anything about what your rates are or any money things at all, you're painting yourself into a corner that you are now stuck in. And um, so I would just really caution you about putting anything about money on there. Get a clear way of people to get in touch with you um, and so that they can reach out and you can talk about rates. I'm not saying hide anything or not mention it. Maybe you give a range. I would even caution that. Beth, do you have something to add to that at yeah. all? Yeah, I want to say that there's a, there's a principle of negotiation that says that the first person to throw out a number loses. Mm. So when, when, you, when, you, when you put out a number, you basically uh, broadcast your negotiating, your negotiating starting point. And that makes the other person go, you know, build on their negotiation from there. Um, and so it is better. Well, you know, you, you also um, have to think about, uh, you know, different, one size fits all does, is not going to work for every single client. Some clients you're going to need to say, hey, like, let, let's have this be your monthly rate or let's have this be your quarterly rate or you know, some people you're going to want to have a bill by the hour. Other people you're going to want to bill by the project. It's, it's just, don't, don't limit your flexibility that way. And you, there might be somebody like a nonprofit or somebody that where you're like, you know what, because I like what you're doing, I'm going to give you a big, big break on this work, you know? And so allow yourself the ability to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a great point because you could lose someone that you really want to work with uh, before you even get a chance to talk to them because for, for whatever reason, they have a problem with the prices that you have on your website. And that could have turned into something totally different. And I actually can think of a client right now who, if I had put my rates on there from the very beginning, when they didn't really know me and I never really got a chance to show them what I could do, we probably wouldn't have a relationship and we wouldn't have had this really long-term awesome relationship where I made a lot of money and brought them a lot of value and made them a lot of money. Um, so there's lots of reasons we could, this maybe should be its own episode. I feel like we say that every time, like maybe multiple times in a podcast, this should be its own episode. <laughs> I know. Well, it's great. It's great that there's so much content. Yeah, I mean, it is. We could, we could, we could talk about this stuff for years. I mean, there's <laughs> so much, so much out there to think about when you're starting a business. Yeah. Yeah. And so the point, the, just to wrap this point up, you know, just have something ready to go. Uh, whether even, you know, if you don't, if you're not confident with getting a website set up, um, I think that's something I'm going to be offering as potentially a free webinar at some point. It's just kind of the basics of how a CMS works and how to get that set up. Um, but you can always just update your LinkedIn. You know, there's LinkedIn professionals out there who will help you make your LinkedIn super shiny. And, and I know a lot of people are like, ugh, LinkedIn, but unfortunately <laughs> it is, it is the place and people do yes. look at that when they're hiring someone. So it does, it does make sense to just tighten up your online presence, get something ready to go so that when you're in that moment and you're telling someone what you do and they're like, oh my gosh, I know someone who could really benefit from that. Do you have a website? You can say, oh, well, yes, I do. I do have a website. Here it is. And boom, there you go. You're ready to go. 
Also, um, LinkedIn, speaking of LinkedIn, you know, you could write articles on, on LinkedIn, on your LinkedIn account. And, you know, if you have particular expertise in an area, but it's not really, you're not really well known yet that you have that expertise, you can write a little blog article on it and stick it on your LinkedIn and people will read those. So um, that's, that's also worth doing if you have the time and the inclination to do that and you have some topics that you want to cover. Um, that can sort of demonstrate your thinking and um, your philosophy, and that might be useful in helping you find clients. Yeah, that's a great idea. I actually just listened to a podcast about uh, this this woman. She's a freelancer sharing how she brought in like $6,000 worth of contracts last month because of doing that exact thing on LinkedIn. Because someone's, and I need to listen to the episode and, and maybe we can have her on here of, um, you know, just being top of mind when someone thinks, oh man, we really need a project manager. Oh, I think, I think I saw Tiffany the other day on LinkedIn was posting about how she's doing like freelance project management. Maybe we could bring her in. You know, you just want to be right there, right at the tip of their mind. And, and to do that, you need to kind of stay, stay in the game here. So we should wrap this up. Beth, do you have any final words of wisdom you would like to share with us? <laughs> yes. Well, Tiffany and the word wisdom um, has two parts. The word wisdom has two parts, wise and dumb. And um, you want to stay at the wise end of the spectrum. <laughs> I say that because my rowing partner used this all the time. We look out into the ocean and we see some big waves or some white caps or fog or whatever. We say, hmm, 10 years ago, I might have gone for it. But you know what? I want to live to row another day. So let's go for a walk instead today because we're trying to be on the wise end of the wisdom scale. Um, also, <laughs> when you're starting, going back to surrounding yourself with the right support network, if, if anyone makes you pick between your company and them, pick your company because whatever their motives are, they're, they're not constructive for you. Um, resist the urge to go back to the rat race, even when it's hard and you hear your friends talking about their big jobs. Um, someday they will be done with those jobs and you will still be running your own company if you want to be. And uh, living a lifestyle that truly works for you and your family. Later, you will reflect on how smart you were. So think about that. I know when I first started, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I need money. I think I want to get a job. And I remember somebody saying to me, you know what? No stay in there and fight and you will be so glad you did. And that person was right. They were absolutely right. I, I've lost touch with them, but I want to go back and thank them, you know, and say, oh my gosh, 20 years later, you were so right. You told me to hang in there and I did. And you were right. Um, also, as you're, as you're being, as you're building your business, um, be gracious to the world. You know, remember that, that we are part of our community and we're part of our world and give back. When you have the opportunity to give back, give back. And, you know, it, it's the right thing to do, but also it might lead to other things. It might lead to other connections, which might lead to, to different work. And, and, and it's, a, it's just a good thing to do. And also feel free to give away information. So you're, you're becoming a subject matter expert. Tell people about what you know. And, and sometimes you can share the information with them enough so that they understand that you know what you're doing and they're likely to hire you. Don't tell everybody everything because then, you know, there's no point in hiring you. But give people enough information 
um, casually and helpfully that they understand that this person really knows what they're doing. And my gosh, maybe I should hire this person to help me. And again, this isn't always a, a, a quick turnaround on this type of stuff. Um, you might develop relationships with people over time that later turn into paying work. Um, but, you know, be, be open and be willing to share what you know and be willing to help other people. And that will come back to you like you would not believe. I love that. What a great thing to close on. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of things we didn't go into here, um, but this is a great start. And I sort of view this as, you know, your foundation. So using these words of advice and these um, things to think about as, as a foundation that you're building for your business. And we will continue to be touching on this topic and, um, and other topics that have come out of this in various podcasts and really diving deeper in our online courses. Um, but we hope this has been helpful for you. So please check out our website and sign up for our newsletter at kenzacollective.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Kenza Collective. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving a review so that others can get value out of it as well. As we've mentioned, we're new and we're just getting started. So your support, your feedback, and your input is incredibly valuable to us. And we really, really love it. And we want to hear from you. So we're really glad that you've been here with us together. We are reinventing what it means to be a working parent. And we're really excited to be doing that with you. Have a great day and we'll catch you on the next Kenza pod.